Let us open our Bibles to the book of Psalms and the 23rd Psalm. Short, sweet, glorious, comforting, emboldening, assuring Psalm of David. The 23rd Psalm, as we read through it together momentarily, I remind you of the progressive nature of God's revelation, that we have a shepherd superior to David. David's shepherd is the Lord Jehovah. Our shepherd is the Lord Jehovah made flesh. Dwelling among us, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, who was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin, in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. God our Father was not so. The Lord Jehovah without the incarnation was not so. A faithful father indeed, but not the high priest that the Lord Jesus Christ provides. And that's the message of the gospel, that in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the Savior that he's provided for us, and God's arranged all things for him to have the preeminence and the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, who is our shepherd, every knee should bow. Let's stand together and read in unison these six verses well known, but is your heart and life, your feet and your mind planted on these precious statements? Together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me, in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen and amen. You may be seated. We have, as it were... A parable here because we have a metaphor. The Lord is my shepherd. God is not a shepherd and neither are you a wool-covered quadruped. It's a metaphor. And the Bible is full of metaphors because word pictures are better than express statements at time for the beauty and the intimacy and personal nature that sometimes they convey. It's part of the beauty of our King James Bibles. It's part of the beauty of inspired Scripture. 
we miss some of the weight and the beauty and the meaning of some of these metaphors because we've never been shepherds, we've never known a shepherd, and we really don't know much about sheep. And so we have to trust our knowledge of the rest of the Bible, and we have to trust what we've been able to learn about shepherds and sheep to fully appreciate some of these statements that are made. Do you like to think about the difference in ability between a sheep and a shepherd? The IQ of a sheep on its best day is zero. The IQ of a shepherd, we hope, is at least a 100 to be an average man. Let's talk about physical ability. The sheep's a quadruped. He's got four legs, but the shepherd's only got two, but can do a whole lot more with two than a sheep can do with four. And he's got two hands, and he's got a staff, and he's got a rod, and he knows what a wolf is, and he's able to see a wolf and spot a wolf sooner than a sheep can. And so there's so much superiority in ability, and there's so much superiority in intelligence. And there's so much superiority in planning and execution and protection than just simply bleating and running. Running at about a quarter of the speed of a wolf. It's not a good defense mechanism. Where do we stop? Where do we go with all the wonderful comparisons that could be had between a shepherd and sheep since we know so little of the relationship? But the Lord is my shepherd, and here are going to be defined some of the ways that we city slickers can appreciate, though we've never been a shepherd, because some of them are going to be delineated here to us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So a shepherd must provide the needs and the wants and the desires of the sheep. And so he does. He can find water better, and he can remember where water was when they forget, and he can lead them to the things that we have described in the verses following. I shall not want. John chapter 10 is going to tell us, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. We're going to read that here. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The shepherd knows which pastures are well watered and green and can provide the abundant life for the sheep so that they grow as rapidly as they're able to grow the wool on their skin and the meat on their bones. Because he's going to use both of them and they're going to use the milk. There's more sheep milk consumed in the world than cow milk. You just grew up in a society that drinks it from cows. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The Lord Jehovah did this for David. He took care of David and provided every need that David had during his life, whether it was as a teenage boy keeping his father's sheep, or whether it was an old man with his sons committing sedition and treason against his government. The Lord took care of him and provided for him. And you can read in the Psalms the longing of his soul to be back in the house of the Lord, where he says in verse 6 he will spend the rest of his days, because that was where he delighted to be, is in the presence of the Lord. But the Lord was with him even when he was among the Philistines, even when he was hiding in the wilderness. 
or fleeing from his own son Absalom. He restoreth my soul. David knew what those words meant. Do you know what those words meant? What they mean. Have you ever sinned and destroyed your soul, damaged your soul, scarred your soul, and has the Lord restored your soul? He restoreth my soul. You can't restore unless it's been lost, unless it's been tarnished, hurt, damaged. And so it was with David. He hurt himself. He hurt himself in a number of cases, but he hurt himself in particular with Bathsheba, who was the wife of Uriah the Hittite, one of his 39 chosen, 37 chosen men. He restoreth my soul. Do you know this shepherd? Not only does he provide your needs, not only does he lead you in green pastures and beside still waters, and we don't mean that just literally, just just naturally or worldly. We mean that spiritually as well because he's taking care of all the sustaining needs of our souls. But he restores our souls. When we sin, he forgives. When we confess, he forgives. He is full of abundance of pardon. More so than you can ever be. And you cannot even comprehend it because his ways and his thoughts are higher than our ways and thoughts in the matter of forgiveness as heaven is above the earth. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Have you ever got lost by following the wrong paths, the wrong roads, the wrong emphases, the wrong priorities in your life? And then he gets us back on the right way. That's what a shepherd does. When the sheep get out of the way, he keeps them herded together as a flock going in one direction to a good location for them. Not getting lost, scattered, or going in a direction that's going to be to their harm where there may be wolves or other dangers to them. Ravines, cliffs, uh, fast-moving waters. He's constantly leading them in the right direction and so the Lord does us and so the Lord did David. Do you know this about him though? Has he led you? Has he led you from A to B to C in your Christian life as you submitted to him and made him the king of your life and gave him all the glory as we sang a moment ago? He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness and he tells us why, for his name's sake. He does it more for his own glory than he does for us. We are the beneficiaries of his own glory. To God be the glory. If God will get glory from me, it will give us the greatest of satisfaction for our own soul, if he gets that glory from us actively. If he has to get glory upon us, it will not be to our pleasure. But if he gets it from us actively, which he seeks to do with us, that's why he saved us. That he might work in us, as we read from Hebrews 13, 20 and 21, those things in every good work that are according to his will and that are well-pleasing in his sight. What are you afraid of? Okay, you've sinned and damaged yourself. You've wandered out of the way of understanding and have been in the congregation of the dead at times. You may have even said that to yourself. I feel so dead. But he restores souls. But what are you afraid of? You know, most would say that the thing they fear the most would be death. And when a person is staring death in the face or they're they're hearing about it coming after them, they, that fear shows up often, but not here, not to, the, not to a sheep that understands his shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and David walked there more than you walked there. Right. 
David walked there often. David had enemies outside Israel. David had enemies inside Israel. Both sets of enemies wanted him dead. But whether he was living in Ziklag or whether he was living in Gath, the Lord was his shepherd and he was not afraid. I will fear no evil. And so he writes his psalms like Psalm 27, though a host should encamp against me in this Will I be confident? For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Those are two tools of the shepherd. One to help and one to drive away danger. David had more than a rod and a staff. David had a sling. And our great shepherd has the power of a word that can cause devils to tremble and can change our whole course of life. He can speak the word and heal us from a disease that would take us down into the valley of death. He can speak a word and restore our souls and lead us in paths of righteousness while we have a disease that is going to lead us to death, knowing that death is going to lead us to Him. So much could be said from this psalm. It deserves a sermon. It deserves two sermons. It deserves a sermon of verse. But we simply want to read it to remind ourselves that in the Old Testament, there was the metaphor and the comparison of God to a shepherd. And we're going to have that in John chapter 10. And Jesus Christ is the greatest of all shepherds because there is a compassion and empathy in him that does not exist in the Lord Jehovah without our great high priest. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. You don't want to meet the Lord Jehovah without the shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. God cannot and will not acquit or forgive you without the shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. Nor should he, nor could he, nor would he without the shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to worship a holy and a righteous God who would never forgive us. Because that's what the Bible describes. And so it makes the glory of his, the wisdom and the power of his plan of redemption in Christ Jesus all that more meaningful. And our Savior so much more precious. David said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Even though we had enemies that were watching him daily, though we had enemies that were looking for the least thing for which they could accuse him. Though he had enemies that falsely accused him. The Lord would prepare a table before him. He says in Psalm 4 that though he had enemies all around him, thou only makest me to dwell in safety and I will lie down and sleep. Because of this right here, God prepared a table in the presence of his enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. God's blessing was always upon David. David was God's favorite. David would say of his own selection out of Israel, out of Judah, out of Jesse, because the Lord liked me. And the Lord was with him all the days of his life. And the Lord is with you if you are with him. And if you're one of his elect and you've made that election and that calling sure, then the Lord is with you. And there should be oil upon your head. The oil of the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your heart, upon your head. A picture here, a metaphor, which we have given to us in the New Testament, not with literal oil, but with the spiritual oil, of the Spirit of God. 
He's given you his own spirit to inhabit your body. To lead you, to comfort you, to teach you, to guide you, waking or sleeping. Is he your shepherd? Do you look to him for all of these things? My cup runneth over. You know, you think of a beggar. He's got a cup, and when you drop your quarter into it, it rings because it's the only thing in it. What cup do you want to think of? A thirsty man's cup that's only got a little bit of water in the bottom, and he savors every drop of it. What cup do you want to think of? The cup of anointing that pours the oil over your head? How much oil is there? Is it as much oil that ran down Aaron's beard and then all over his garments to his feet? Which cup do you want to think of? It's running over. It's running over. My cup runneth over. The cup of my heart runs over with joy that cannot be known. By natural men, David said so in the fourth psalm again. I have more joy than they when they have their great harvest of corn and wine. That cup runs over. You say, you're making it so many cups, I'm not sure what it means. I believe in inspired ambiguity in passages like this. Take any cup that you wish. My cup runneth over. The cup of blessing, which we're going to bless here at this table, but it's the blessing in your life. It runs over because God has poured out so much. Jesus would say in Luke chapter 6, and about the 38th verse, He would say that if we give, it'll be given to us. Good measure. Full weight. Pressed down. Shaken together. And flowing over. That's the blessing of a shepherd. Abundant life. I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. An overflowing life for the obedient sheep that know their shepherd, know his voice, and follow them, which David did. Surely, here's the guarantee, here's the promise, surely, David was confident in this, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And David ended his life in the house of the Lord. He ended his life with Zadok, the high priest, ministering to him. He ended his life with Nathan the prophet ministering to him. He was in the house of the Lord. There was a moment shortly before he died when he was chased out of Jerusalem by Absalom. And the ark was brought out to him. And the priest said, we're going to take this with us. And David said, take it back where it belongs. If the Lord will have mercy on me, I'll return to it. And sure enough, he did. In fulfillment of this, but I'll tell you something right now. David is in the house of the Lord while I speak to you. David is in the house of the Lord right now, and his life extends far beyond the sepulcher in Jerusalem that Peter could point out in Acts chapter 2, because he's living above in heaven with the shepherd that bears his own name, the David of Ezekiel 34, the son of David of Luke chapter 1. There he is with his son, the ultimate shepherd the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know this shepherd? Do you follow him? When he, Where he leads, do you go there? Or do you rebel and fight and want to run away? 
Do you drink of the water He provides? Do you eat of the green pastures that He gives you? Does He restore your soul? Do you allow Him? Do you seek that restoration? Do you confess your sins where He can forgive you and restore that relationship? We fail if we just know the words. We fail if we just memorize it. We fail if we just know the doctrine of it. We want to experience it. This is experiential faith. This is experiential knowledge that we want to have, that the Lord is my shepherd. Any problems that I have ever had in my life are not an inadequacy or a lack of compassion or a lack of interest and care and love by this shepherd. Every single one of them are due to the rebellion of my own feet, hands, thoughts, heart, mind, and eyes. Never him. When following him, the cup runs over. The head is anointed with oil. There's nothing to fear. There's green pastures and still water. There's no want to them that fear the Lord. Let us lay hold of our shepherd this day and live for him, live like him, live with him, and follow him. He's our shepherd. He's made us his sheep. There's so much more in this life than we can have than to believe in the four phases of salvation because there's a fourth phase that makes a total of five called the practical phase where he has brought life more abundantly with with oil on our heads and a full cup that runs over. May the Lord be praised and may we understand and appreciate and love the 23rd Psalm. Amen.